0: in 2nd Timothy chapter number 3 and then we are going to turn over to James chapter number 2. We'll start in 2nd Timothy 3, flip over a few pages and spend our time uh, this evening in uh, James chapter number 2. On Wednesday evenings we've been teaching on last day's theology, we've been uh, exposing with Scripture uh, the fallacy, the heresies, uh, the false doctrine of the emerging church and the contemporary movement. Tonight, uh, we'll continue in that series, and I want you to follow with me tonight. Tonight, uh, I've written. I don't usually do not write out much of my. Uh, sermons or even my Bible studies, Uh, but tonight I have uh, written several statements down uh, because I want to be organized uh, in my thoughts and um, I don't want to get, uh, I don't want my mind going in too many different places and so because I don't normally write a lot of stuff down, this is either going to go really, really fast or it's going to be really, really long so uh, we'll see uh, how how it goes, Uh, but tonight I'm going to teach on the subject of dead religion, dead religion, Um, we serve a risen Savior, Uh, Jesus is alive, uh, and uh, I'm thankful for that, and by putting faith and trust in Him, uh, we are made alive. And uh, we serve a risen Savior. uh, But we're going to talk about a dead religion tonight. So let's have a word of prayer. And then we'll get into the scripture reading. Father, we thank you for the opportunity once again to be in church, to open the word of God. Uh, May it speak to us. May it minister to us. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher tonight. Uh, may we learn some things that will help us to combat error, uh, but it will help us to reach people who have been deceived uh, by the God of this world. We ask that you bless our evening for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll read Second Timothy 3, the first few verses, which have become very familiar to us by now. This, know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Quite a list uh, of individuals there. Uh, This is how we know when the last days the perilous times will come. Then verse 5, having a form of godliness. Now verses 2, 3, and 4 is a list of, that I don't want to be listed in. Uh, I'm sure you don't want to be listed in. Uh, But if you know much about grammar, you see uh, we have a continuation uh, with a semicolon, of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I preached about this a couple Sundays ago. Everybody uses the word Christian. Everybody talks about the word Christian. And today, you can be a Christian and live just like the world. You only have to be saved today to be a Christian, in, 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 in by many definitions. Uh, but we see having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now turn over with me to the book of James, if you will, James chapter number two. James chapter number two, and then we're going to read verses seventeen through twenty, and then look specifically. Uh, at at a specific line of thinking and teaching uh, of the emerging church uh, with 2 Timothy chapter 3 in mind. Uh, Now we're in James chapter number 2, and we begin reading in verse number 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works." Now, we know that uh, for by grace are ye saved through faith. You cannot work your way to heaven. I cannot work my way to heaven. But our faith in a risen Savior, our salvation, there should be works that come out of that. Uh, Because we are a new creature in Christ. Uh, Because we have been made alive there should be works that come out of that and so uh, we see in verse 18 yeah a man may say thou hast faith and I have works show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works thou believest that there is one God thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble But wilt thou know O vain man what faith without, faith without works is dead uh, I'm thankful that it's just grace that saves us aren't you But I do believe that because we are saved, we should be growing as a Christian. I taught some time ago about a babe in Christ. When when, when a new baby comes home, we don't expect it to act like a full-grown adult. Some of you that have teenagers, you thought by the time they were a teenager, you could treat them that way. But you know, even as a teenager, you can't really treat them like an adult. They have to grow that way. I do not look at a brand new Christian and expect them to act like somebody who's been saved for 40 years. Uh, We live in a day... Uh, that, that so much sin is so readily at our fingertips by the time somebody does get saved, uh, usually they are going to have to have uh, certainly the, the, the Holy Spirit's help and probably some counseling getting off of some of the things that they get entangled with in this world. I believe that the grace of God allows somebody to grow. But you should be able to see some growth. You should be able to see some difference. Now tonight, I want to use this scripture to specifically target a line of thinking that we see in the emerging church and then we see it influencing... Uh, Bible-believing Christians like us. And when I get into it, you're going to recognize it because you're going to recognize some of the phrases uh, you've probably heard. The emerging church movement uh, rebels against traditional institutions. They will tell you that. But what is the traditional institution that they are rebelling against? It's the church. Uh, that they, they rebel against the idea of a church. They famously spout these words, We follow Jesus, not man. I'm sure nobody here has ever heard that before. We follow Jesus, not man. The emerging church philosophy claims the church, any separation standards, they're all part of man made religion, man made the church, man made separation, man made uh, any standards that you live by. They hide behind that, and so that's all man made. We just follow Jesus. In condemnation of any kind of Bible preaching, authoritative preaching, or preaching against sin, uh, we are chastised with admonishment to just preach Christ. Doesn't that sound good? Just preach Christ. Well, well, what do they even mean by that? Usually they say that when you are preaching against what they are living in. Or they don't like the fact that somebody stands up and says, Thus saith the Lord. We are just admonished to just preach Christ. Now listen carefully. What they mean by that is, and what they are attempting to do is separate Jesus from the Bible, Jesus from the church, Jesus from his teachings on hell, Jesus from his teachings on true discipleship, etc. That's what they are attempting to do. They are creating a Jesus that is not in the Bible. Just preach Christ. Okay. Let me, matter of fact, let me quote him. And what he says about I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the, the Father. But any time you're going to preach against good and say, well, we're, we're disciples of Christ. Okay, let's see what Jesus said about being a disciple of Christ. What they attempt to do is they attempt to separate, and it sounds really good, and for a long time, those of us that hold the truth, because this is fairly new to us, it's been growing for a long, long time, but it has really come to our front door, in a recent time frame, we do not know how to adequately come back at that. To combat it and to combat it with Scripture. It sounds good. We follow Jesus, not man. Now, would you agree with that? Well, I agree with that. I, a, I don't follow a man. I follow Jesus. But there's more behind the meaning. They'll get into some of the things they believe and they say, Well, where did you get that? Well, I read it in a book. And I'm sitting there thinking, Written by a man that you don't follow. But let's not get bogged down into details here, because the church is a man-made institution, man-made religion. It is not Christ as the cornerstone of the church. Uh, any separation, any standards—what they are doing is attempting to separate Jesus from the Word of God. Uh, a book that illustrates this—I'll refer to this in, in, uh, some of these Wednesday nights—is. They like Jesus, but not the church is the title. And uh, this book is so full of heresy, this book is so full of false doctrine, but it is very uh, enlightening of the thinking of the emerging church crowd. Uh, they refer to fundamentalists in here. They refer to you and I in here. and It's insights from the emerging generations, what they think about church and what they don't like about church. You see where they're getting their authority from? What, what, did, what where do everybody else think about it? And then we need to appeal to that. But they like Jesus, but not the church. Friend, you cannot separate the cornerstone... From the church You cannot separate the one who died For the church From the church You cannot separate the one who is returning For the church From the church It really shows the ignorance Of the word of God Of which they are praying on We live in a society Where people do not know the Bible Uh, And let me just say right here You need to be reading the Bible for yourself uh, you're going to get Bible taught to you in Sunday school. You're going to get Bible preached to you three times a week from behind this pulpit. But you need to be in the Word of God yourself. Uh, you need to be studying the Word of God for yourself so that you are not deceived uh, by this false teaching. But they, they, they like Jesus, but not the church, and they go through. If you know any Scripture at all, it's easy to just pick pick, pick things apart. Um, uh, and some of this, I would, uh, it's just, it's just. Blasphemous, what it was referred to. Uh, but this is the mindset. This is the thinking. This is what they. But we, don't, we, we follow Jesus, not the church. They don't follow Jesus, but they did. They're following the church. This is the mindset. Stay with me. I'm going to read some statements here. See, intellectual belief does not bear fruit of godly living, personal faith does. See if you if you were to read through here, they quote all kinds of different people. This is what they think about the church, and and this is their opinion on the church, and and we like Jesus though. And I have a t shirt that says I love Jesus, and, and but we don't like this, and we live this way. And this guy, uh, he's a very well known one of the really. Um, uh, founders, if you will, one of the real proponents of the emerging church uh, movement. Uh, he talks about how people are surprised when they find out he's a pastor because of the, the, the heavy metal bands he likes to listen to and, and because of all these different things that he does. Uh, but but he, he likes to dialogue with them because we you know we're all we're all want to follow Jesus. And it's not really the confines of the church But what they're doing is they're saying, every one of these people that are interviewed in here would say, I believe in Jesus. They believe He existed. They would even say, I believe He was crucified. Most of them, if not all of them, would say, I believe that He is the Son of God. But what they, it is, it's an intellectual belief. They believe those things. You see, intellectual belief does not bear fruit of godly living. Have you ever noticed just the advertising in an emerging church, how carnal it is? Uh, I get some advertising from a local emerging church, and I would say that movie theaters and bars, their advertising would be more conservative than the advertising I get from an emerging church. And the reason is, is because there is no works because there has been no faith. Okay, stay with me. The faith that saves, are you with me tonight? The faith that saves is not intellectual belief, But heart trust, which brings us into a personal relationship with Christ. This personal relationship compels us to serve Him. There's a lot of books in recent years written from a historical perspective on Jesus. I've not read one of them. If you have, I'm not condemning you tonight. But I don't need a historian to tell me that Jesus lived. I'm going somewhere with this. I want you to think get upset at me or I'm upset with you. There's a lot of people who read those books and they say, Yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe he, he, he existed. I believe he was crucified. I believe he must have been the Son of God. That is different than you putting making a heart decision to trust him. That's why they could come and say, We follow Christ. We believe in Jesus. We believe he's the Son of God. Now you and I would agree with everything that I just said. We will not disagree with any of that. But you gotta have somewhere in there where you have the Holy Spirit conviction, where you have it pointed out to you that because you are a sinner, you fall short of of God. And you must have not just Jesus Christ who existed, but He has to be the sin sacrifice for your sins. He's got to be the payment for your sins. And you've got to quit believing in yourself. You've got to quit believing in the church. you got to believe that because of your sins you're going to go straight to hell and the only thing you can do is put your faith on Jesus. Therefore, Trust in Christ as your personal Savior, then you're entering into a personal relationship with Him. That's why, soldiers, You've got to be very, very careful. It's more than them just believing Jesus existed. It's more than them just believing that Jesus is the Son of God. It's more than them even believing that He rose again from the dead. They have got to put their faith on Him. They've got to believe that He is Salvation for their sins. Now they have to believe the other, or otherwise they're not going to believe and put their faith in Him. See, uh, when there's no change, these the, the, the churches they even resemble pagan worship because there is no salvation. Come and we'll pray. Come and, this is come and worship Christ. Wonderful! He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be worshipped. But you cannot separate Him from the cornerstone of the church. You cannot separate Him from the Word of God. if you realize that you can, there's a difference in worshipping Him and believing on Him? Everybody, everybody with me? And this is why these emerging churches are full of lost people. This is why I believe the vast majority of the pastors or the pastoral team... There's always 12 of them, it seems like. That's why if they believe what they espouse, they're no more saved than these frogs that are croaking out here. Because it's more than just believing He lived. You've got to believe on Him. You've got to believe on Him for salvation. That's why you walk into one of these emerging churches, these contemporary moving churches, and it feels more like a nightclub than it does Grandma's church. And they're so sincere. Yeah, they're sincerely lost. This is this is why so, it is so wicked, because there are people looking... And they are given this. We're just worshiping the Lord. No, you're not. Because He demands that He be worshipped in a certain way. Otherwise, it's blasphemous. Uh, there's a difference between the holy and the profane. But it is built off of a rash teaching. Uh, that you, ha- you enter, don't miss this point. The faith that saves is not an intellectual belief. And that's why sometimes intellectuals have a hard time getting saved because they can't get past their own their own thinking. This is their God. This is what they're putting their faith in. But you got to get past here. And it's a heart trust. It's a, it's a heart decision which brings us into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This personal relationship causes us, compels us to serve Him. Okay? Are you more likely to do a favor for somebody you have a relationship with than you are for a complete stranger? Absolutely. Are you more likely... To inconvenience yourself for somebody you have a relationship with than a complete stranger? If you're normal, yeah, that's more likely. Isn't it more likely if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that you want to serve Him than it is if you don't have a personal relationship with Him? I think it's more likely. Now, I'm not saying and I'm not advocating by any stretch that those who are not actively serving are not saved. I'm not saying that at all. There's a whole other Bible study on that. But what I'm saying is there are some who they say, oh, we're a part of church and we worship and we made, all, we, made, we made all of this big deal and we're just worshiping the Lord. But they have made an intellectual choice, but they have not made a heart choice. See, faith is, is, a, is personal trust in a person, Jesus Christ. Not a knowledge of His existence, or even in the midst of who He is. You know, you, to be saved, you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must believe that He was virgin born. You must believe that He lived a sinless life. But you've also got to believe that He's the only way you get to heaven. That He is the payment for your sins. That He gave His life and three days later rose victorious from the grave. You have to believe in the gospel. It's not just enough to believe that he died. I mean, there's teaching in some of these books that yeah, they go from a historical perspective as he was crucified. They did he they liked his they didn't like him as a teacher. They didn't like his teaching, but they deny the fact that he was deity. Just the fact that they believed he was crucified, he, they also believe that he was deity. Are you following me tonight? It's not an intellectual belief, but it's that faith is a personal trust in a person, Jesus Christ, not just a knowledge of His existence or even a of who He is. They believe in Christ, but not on Christ. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe He was virgin born. I believe He lived a sinless life. I believe He was crucified. I believe He laid down His life. I believe three days later He rose from the dead having conquering death and hell. I believe He acted as our high priest sprinkled His own blood on the mercy seat and that blood is still speaking on your behalf and my behalf today. I believe that. I believe on Him. I don't just believe in Him. I believe on Him for my salvation. See, when you pull out pull Jesus out from the context of Scripture and what He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. When you pull out the teachings on grace and faith and putting your faith in Jesus Christ, you, have, you might believe in Him that He existed, but you're not believing on Him for salvation. And that is the core of what they they believe. That's why when you hear this this, this these the, say, well, we just we just follow Christ and we're just we're just worshiping Him and we're just we're just we're just we're not getting caught up in all this man made stuff. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this. We're just focused just on Him and, and and our our pastor he doesn't preach on any of those as I refer to it here those minor doctrines. I know there were minor doctrines in the Bible. Those minor doctrines, those things get bogged down. We he just preaches Christ and points us to Christ. This is what they mean. It's not a personal relation. Because the Bible says if you have put faith in Him, work should come from that. Because of my faith, work should come with that. Now, you cannot work your way into salvation. It's like thunder and lightning. If I say uh, this, this tree was struck by thunder and then there was lightning, that's you, you can you can picture that. If I say this this tree was struck by lightning but not thunder, it's not a contradiction. Thunder accompanies lightning. Works should accompany faith. If we have faith in Jesus, there should be some works that come out of our life. Why? Because I've entered into a personal relationship with Him. So therefore, I am a new creature. I want to serve Him. With this idea of we just follow Christ See, they emergent churches is, Notice what it says We just believe Christ We just follow Him Emergent churches believe in, in one God But notice verse number 19 Thou believest that there is one God Thou doest well The devils also believe and tremble We just follow Christ We believe in Christ Well, so do the devils And they're still devils It's more than just believing He exists. It's more than just believing that He was crucified. The devils believe that happened, but they're still devils. And and what what this this philosophy is trying to do is trying to take Jesus and make Him a, a different Jesus, put Him in a box that does not condemn their sin, does not tell them there's one way to heaven, then after that does not tell them that they they should live a holy and a clean life, and there's some things that should change. They don't want that Jesus, so therefore they have created another one in their mind, and really what they're saying is nothing different than what the devils and the demons can say. We believe He exists. We believe that He's the Son of God. You think the devils? You think the demons? You think those those, those that the Scripture speaks of? You think of their, that story of Jesus casting those demons into those swine? You think there was any doubt in their mind that He was the Son of God? No doubt at all. See this this this. Well, we we just follow what they what they're saying behind that is we want a different Jesus. See, most of these children you'll see when it comes Easter time they have the biggest Easter celebration known to man. I mean it is it is it is probably because they believe in Easter, but it's more it's an event. It represents an event more than the gospel. See personally I look at that Easter Sunday as an opportunity for people who are going to be here normally wouldn't be here because that's the day they're going to be looking for something religious. I want to tell you why you're here. You're here not because it's an event you're here because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to preach the gospel. But when you have a Easter event and you never preach the gospel, there's a problem. Because these, well, let me just continue. I'm sticking my statements here. We're running out of time. These churches boast of additions and conversions, but there is no personal salvation or change because they have been led to a head decision, not a heart decision. See when when you when somebody comes to one of our services or a Bible preaching church like ours and they trust Christ as their Savior. The is preached, the Holy Spirit works in their heart, brings them under conviction. They make a heart decision to choose the Lord Jesus Christ for their forgiveness of their sins and their salvation. After that, there's a couple of responsibilities. We have a responsibility to try and help nurture them in their new faith. And that's a whole other conversation for another time, how we need to be very, very careful that we're trying to help new converts do that. Immediately, the Holy Spirit is alive in them, and the Holy Spirit is going to begin to teach them some things, convict them of some things, but also, I believe, the forces of hell are going to work against them to keep them from growing as a Christian. But automatically, there's some things that the Holy Spirit says, Ah, oh, you don't need to be doing that anymore. Anybody out there? Besides the frogs? Ah, oh, you don't need to be saying that anymore. They have a decision to right then, I believe there's a new convert, to quench the Holy Spirit. Be lost to the wind. But you go to one of these churches where the gospel is not preached, but we worship the Savior... They've been led to a head decision, not a heart decision. Therefore, you see no change. One or two things are going to happen. That newcomer is going to keep coming here, keep coming and coming. They're going to begin to grow. The Word of God is going to be preached. They're going to be pushed to the Bible. They're going to be around other Christians. Iron sharpened iron. They're going to look and they're going to see examples. They're going to get into a Sunday school class and then they're going to start seeing what things do. They're going to have an opportunity to grow and they will begin to see changes in their life. That's why I tell, I tell I tell new Christians, people that are coming and say, Pastor, I'm having a hard time. I say, I say, don't be intimidated by those people you go to church with. They're not as good as you think they are. Trust me on that one. That's what I tell them. I say, they were just like you when they got saved. And they begin to grow and grow and grow and grow. And change begins to take place in their life. See, in one of these emerging churches where... Salvation by grace, salvation by Lord Jesus Christ is not taught, is not preached. They're not pushed, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is not even there to be found to put them under conviction. They don't make a, a, making an, an intellectual decision, They're not making a heart decision on the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore there is no change, therefore there are no works coming from that. Church should lead you towards holiness, a Bible-preaching church, a scriptural church, anybody out there, should lead you towards holiness, not away from it. If, if, you, if, if, if you're attending a church where their, their mantra or their slogan more or less says, come as you are and stay as you are, there's a problem. I don't care if you've been saved 30 years. I don't want you to stay as you are. You can grow you can still grow closer to your savior. You have not reached sinless perfection yet. You can still get closer to your savior. You there's still get the area of your life that you can, you can improve in. But but this, how why do those places, why do they why are they grow in? Why how do people go back to that? I I could not I could not tell you how miserable. I would be to attend a service in, in one of those contemporary churches in one of those emergency churches. I would go nuts. I'd probably be arrested because I'd be standing almost at pews, but I'd be standing up and, and I'd, I'd have to say something. I, I mean, it would drive me. Why? Because it goes against everything that I know to be true. It goes against the Holy Spirit inside. It goes against that. It's, 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 not, it's not of a spiritual nature. How can somebody be comfortable in that then? How can it not bother them? How could they get their worship on? When if you've got the Holy Spirit living in you And you have not quenched Him And you have not grieved Him How can it not grieve your spirit To be in that environment? See, this is why Those who are deceived and brought in I don't get upset at them I, I want to know this stuff so I can win them, so I can reach them, so I can give them the gospel. They, they are getting sucked into a cult. They're getting sucked into this last days theology of of we just follow Christ when they're not following the Christ of the Bible. See the emerging. Do not miss this statement. The emerging movement is a devilish religion devised by the minds of lost men. It is a Devilish religion devised by the minds of lost men. They, they, the 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 man who wrote this book is one of the main proponents of really taking emergent theology mainstream. And based on what he writes, even in this book, he's lost on his way to hell. I thought he doesn't believe there's a hell doesn't believe the hell of the Bible is really a hell. He, 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 he interprets Scripture as is, 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 is Christ was. When Jesus taught on hell, He was, he was using uh, illustrations to symbolize uh, the dumps that were outside of the city. And that's what He was calling hell. Like if you lived in a dump. Yeah, I had to read it twice too. That's not what Scripture says. And yet, this, in, in, in theology like his and theology like got other make, is what these emergent churches are built on. If they don't even believe there is a hell, how can somebody be convicted enough to think they're going there? They're not, they don't even believe they exist, they don't even believe in the authority of Scripture. They don't even believe in the, in the, in the presence of the, of the Holy, Holy Spirit in the Trinity. So how can they believe in a salvation? That's why people you know that go to these kind of churches, you look at them and you're like, well, they, there's no difference in them. There's a reason why. It's making it harder and harder to win them to Christ because they are told every Sunday, you're following Jesus, you're worshiping God, don't get caught up in this man-made stuff. And they are deceived to think they are okay. And when one of these crazy fundamentalists come to them and want to talk about their soul, you just got to realize that they are the ones that are... They're talking about us. We're brainwashed. We're caught up in all this legalism. And you're doing good because you're not caught up in all that man-made stuff. It's making them harder and harder to win to Christ because they think they're okay. Because on Sunday, they got up and there's a quote-unquote worship band, some wannabe hipster, whose pastor brother so-and-so of the third order gets up and says man isn't it awesome to worship the Lord in his house today you get no condemnation here and they go out thinking they're fine the reason is it's a devilish religion fought up with the minds of lost men lost men and yet, people are, are, are flocking to. They're, they're deceived. See, didn't Scripture tell us that they're going to want the teaching ears They're going to want the teaching. They're going to be deceived. See, they uh, it, 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 notice where you see it, and, this, and, and I, I'll move. Around, I got to stick to my outline here. You see it in, in their music. They have worldly music. Uh, if if. If you can put up a picture of a of your worship service and a picture of a of a rock concert and they look the same there's a problem See it's the worldly music that resembles pagan worship while mentioning the name of Jesus And we'll have our, our band up here it, and it's a rock concert. rock songs, but they throw the name of Jesus in there, and again, that holy and profane, uh, they just can't reconcile that in Scripture, and because they put the name of Jesus, because we're just following Jesus, because who is it that says this music's wrong? It's that evil church! Who is it to say, don't you like this music? Yeah, we like this music. You and you try and talk to somebody and really talk with them about why that is not proper music being nicely, being very kind about it. That's not the right kind of music. They look at you like you're crazy. We're singing about Jesus. But it is, it is pagan music with the name of Jesus and why they think that's Okay. Because they've made an intellectual decision about Christ, not a heart decision about Christ. Any Christian who has not completely quenched the Holy Spirit of God in their life, you hear it and you know. Because the Holy Spirit tells you. But lost people, why do you think they play that music? Because it appeals to lost people. And lost people are what enjoy that kind of music. You say, "Well, I enjoy that kind of music." We'll get to that in just a minute. But music—you see it in the music. I got—I got to hurry. You. you see it in their their morality. Adultery is not only tolerated; it's accepted because they have to to keep consistent with the man-made institutions. That's why uh, two singles they can they can shack up together they can live together and they don't have to worry about marriage and everything's okay. Matter of fact, since you're here, why don't you be be one of our volunteers and serve in this area, this area, this area? And, and, and we, we don't judge here. In, in 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 scripture is scripture, right is right, wrong is wrong. That's why they will make such statements in their books. Uh, you know. About homosexuality That ship is sailed So we need to not We need to not stand against that anymore We need to not be against that anymore We are not preach against that anymore That ship is sailed See that's why When you look and you say In, in the first part of that verse say, Are those people really in churches Yeah they're in churches They're in these kind of churches Because you don't have to be saved to be in them and, and, and so the morality, the alcohol is a big thing today. Alcohol is just a preference; it's not against scripture, and and and, and, it's, and, they, and they try and use, they try and twist scripture that it, that that they can't be twisted. Alcohol is a preference. Modesty is dictated by the world of the trends of the day. Hollywood dictates the dress. Not scripture. See, they're good at what they do. That church says you no 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 no. When you came and you joined this church, some of you I to think way back. You had you had to give testimony of being saved, scripturally baptized, and a desire to be added to the fellowship. This church has not put any rules or regulations on anybody. The Bible has. But it's re- rebellion against Scripture is what it is. So, therefore, harder word in the world that takes the methods. Uh, we want to attract them, the lost, by being like them. That's why. Bill Tara Hopkins was telling me this story. He met one of these emerging church pastors. He says, "I just knew he was. This is a lost guy that needed Jesus." And his haircut and the way he was wearing—he had all these things on. He's like, I was just—I was pumped up. This guy needs Jesus. He looks like he needs Jesus, and come to find out, he's a such and such a lead pastor of of this order down at this emerging church. He said, "I just asked him, you know, why? Why do you dress like that? Why do you look like that?" Y'all know Brother Hopkins, right? Let me go like four octaves, Lord. Why, wow, brother? Why do you? Why do you look like that? Why do you dress like that? Well, it's because we won't... We want, we, want, we want the people to know that we're like them. We want, we want to be like everybody else. And he says, I just look and say, Brother, I've never seen anybody that dresses like you in Locust Grove, Georgia. I've never seen anybody with a haircut like yours. I've never encountered anybody dressed up like you. Who are you talking to? And that's just it. They want to hide behind that. Well, we, We're just like everybody else. No, you, you want to, you're, you, 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 everything is to attract the lost by being like them. Now this is where you see if you have a theology where there is no salvation, people aren't getting saved. It is a cult like any other cult. See here here's, here's how it's affecting churches like ours, besides the fact that it's harder to win these people to Christ, because they're being told, you can go out partying Friday night, you can live with your boyfriend or girlfriend, you can show up on Sunday morning and it'll be the same kind of music, we'll just throw the word Jesus in there, and then 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 just drop some money in and you're okay, and just move on down the road. They're becoming harder to win because... They don't see any. Need. And they're being programmed and brainwashed with all that other stuff It's of a band-made institution because we just follow Christ. And they're deceived. Besides the fact they're being harder to win, this is how it affects our church, our families, churches like ours. Christians are leaving Bible-preaching churches, separated lifestyles, and a Holy Spirit leading so they can live like unsaved people while convincing themselves they are free of man-made regulations and they're still following Jesus. Let me read that again. Christians are leading Bible-preaching churches, separated lifestyles, and Holy Spirit leading so they can live like unsaved people while convincing themselves they are free of man-made regulations and still following Jesus. That's the bottom line. These churches are full of lost people and backslidden Christians. Backslidden Christians. The faith on Christ, faith in the finished work of Calvary, faith in the gospel, belief in the gospel is what saves an individual. When I trusted Christ, there is a change that took place in me. A change that took place in you. Works should come from that. We should be growing in grace. Are you with me? Now, I don't know the heart of any man and you don't know the heart of any man. Matter of fact, Scripture warns us of looking at somebody and say, well, they're not saved. Because we don't know the heart. But the, the responsibility is still on you and I not to give anybody a pause to wonder if we are should not be a stone. We're supposed to be a light in this world. We're supposed to be an example in this world. So we can't look at anybody's heart and say, because there are people who would fit the mold of, of what you and I are, and if they've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, they'll go straight to a devil's hell, just like somebody who's never darkened over church and have never trusted Christ. So you better know that you're saved. But there should be some works that come out of that. And if if a church is built around unsaved people priding in their lost condition, Christians leaving Bible preaching churches, separate lifestyles, and Holy Spirit leading so they can live like unsaved people while continuing convincing themselves they are free of man-made regulation and still following Jesus. They allow themselves to get so far away from God that the appeal of living like a lost person is what they decide to do as opposed to living according to Scripture. We should be getting further and further away from that after salvation, not one day getting away from God and going to try and live like a lost person. See, pastors are copying methods of lost people to attract more lost people. Right. We're interested to do it a little bit different in the day we live in today. And, and, and I'm all for using modern things as modern things can be used. I mean, we're not in a tent because I believe it's scriptural. <laughs> we're not in a tent because that's what they use in the Old Testament. We just had not had a building. So that's why we're in a tent. I'm all for modern things, but methods built around false doctrine, you cannot just take the method without getting the doctrine. Do you realize there are methods in, this, in the Scripture that you and I are supposed to use to evangelize the world? That's what we're supposed to do. And see, we get away from, and see, what makes it even worse is because you have backslidden people away from God. They go to a place where everybody which is built on, a, on a doctrine from lost people. And those people there are set up on trophies to say, see, they can tell you why you don't ever want to go down to the Emmanuel Baptist Church. How they're all legalist. How that preacher down there will tell you that you can only do this, 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 and this. And they are actually a stumbling block from lost people getting to the truth. That's why you need to stay right with God. Have I lost you? That's why you young people, don't you go be a trophy for one of these emerging contemporary churches? Because you finally got free of the bondage. And, 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 and they know in their heart, and you and I really know they're not free. They left and went into bondage. Uh, don't, don't, Mom and Dad, you got to remember. That's well, not so, 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 so difficult, doesn't it? No, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a false doctrine, false religion. It's a cult built on a theology written by lost men. If I'm saved, something should come from that. You know what? If, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Feel sometimes not so much on Wednesday night because we're tired and, and we're coming straight from work. But but even on Wednesday night, especially on Sunday morning and especially Sunday night, you feel it in here. Can you feel it? But there's sometimes I can I can hardly wait to get from there to here to preach because you can feel the Spirit of God. I mean, you can—you can, the singing and the fellowship. That's what happens when you get a couple of hundred born again Christians in the room when the Spirit of God is bearing witness to one another. You can feel it. You can sense it. But if you don't—but if—but if it's not built on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not built on the Word of God. There's a different spirit in the room. It has to be created by a worship band the lights by a black ceiling. Because they're not worshiping the light, the Son of God. It's a devil's religion built on a devil's theology. And why in the world would a Christian want to go to that except to say, I can live like a lost person. Let me re- read an illustration in I'm already out of time. Let me read this to you. It was written many, many years ago. man writes, I had the privilege of opening a beautiful country church some years since in a neighborhood surrounded almost entirely with infidels. The preacher directed my attention to a tall, vigorous man in the congregation and said he would give me his story when the service was over. He was, it seems, a violent, passionate, close-fisted man. Not a farthing could anybody get out of him for the salvation of souls or for the elevation of humanity. A few months ago, said the minister, he gave his heart to Jesus. The infidels in the community said, Wait a little while, touch his pocket, and you will see where his religion is. Presently, continued my friend, I came to him with a subscription paper and spoke of the difficulties and embarrassments under which we labored in the neighborhood for want of a church. Well, said the man, let us build a church. What will you give us, inquired the preacher. Fifty pounds was the prompt reply, and the minister passed to the community with a subscription paper at the head of which was was this amount, written in the gentleman's own handwriting, which surprised everybody. A few days afterwards, the most trying circumstance of his life occurred. His dear wife trembled for him. Oh, my husband, she exclaimed, don't go. His reply was, I must go. My duty calls me there. I am perfectly cool and collected. I shall become excited, but I will not say a word or do a thing out of the way. He passed through the fiery ordeal without the least taint of anger upon him. The community then says, surely there is something in this. You have reached his pocket, you have conquered his anchor, and you have subdued the man. There is power in the gospel of Christ. A few weeks after my visit there I received the sad intelligence that that gentleman had been buried. He had gone out into the forest and unfortunately a tree fell on him and crushed him to the earth and yet did not entirely destroy him. They carried him to the house and sent for a physician and the minister. He calmly asked for the Bible and read in a clear voice a chapter in John's Gospel. After shutting the Bible he closed his hands upon his breast. In such a prayer said my minister, your brother, I never heard from mortal lips for his wife, for his children, for his pastor, for the church, and for his infidel friends. In a moment or two, after saying amen, he closed his eyes and sweetly fell asleep in Jesus. The infidel said, there is something in this religion. A few weeks since, I met with that good pastor again. I inquired about his infidel neighbors and he replied, all of them but one are happily converted to God. See, when somebody is saved, there's a change. There's faith. There's works that come from that faith. Here's an illustration written years and years and years ago about how a man that could not be converted was converted and the change that took place in his life preached a louder sermon than a pastor could ever preach. It was a change in this man's life cause those that did not believe in God were nothing to do with church they listened and they received the gospel I close with this these emerging churches are popping up everywhere and in many cases they're exploding in growth where's the revival where's the bars closing where, 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 where is the, the alcoholic father being saved? Where is the family member seeing the change and saying there's something to that? Where, where, where are the factories and where are the, the warehouses and the revivals taking place, people getting saved at the job because they've watched and they've seen a change? They said, I've got to have what they have. You, you know what? You, you don't see it from there because there is no change. You can go to one of these emergent contemporary churches and receive Christ, and I use that term loosely, and nothing will ever change in their life. You know why? Because it's not the Jesus Christ of this Bible, it's not believing on Him for salvation there's a difference. that's why we've got to hold to the truth. that's why we got to hold to the Word of God. And that's why there is no there is no adopting these methods to bring them in here because they're all built around a false religion. So tonight this can be this can be a study and I've gone over time it can be very very helpful because all of us I'm sure have heard these statements or something to the degree well I just follow Jesus. I follow Jesus, not the church. Or we just just preach Christ. All of those other things, all of that, 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 that standards and that separation and holiness, that's all man-made. That's, we just major on Jesus. Well, if you majored on Him, you'd have a desire to be more holy. You'd have a desire to be more like Him. When something happens inside, there should be a difference in you. There should be a difference that people can see around you. Now you understand why some of these are so hard to win. It's hard to get them lost. It's hard to get them in a need for a Savior because they've been told, hey, you don't have to change a thing. And you can come and we'll have, we'll throw Jesus' name and some music that you like. We won't change. You don't have to change the way you're living, you don't have to change any of those things. And, uh, you know, my Jesus is perfection, He's holiness. There is no sin in him. And it's the very mention of his name ought to bring conviction to our hearts. Ought to cause us to be more like him. So hopefully this helps us tonight. Father, I pray that you'll take the the study tonight. May it be helpful to us. May it uh, teach us and educate us. Um, And so we can.